right, everybody. I uh, hope everybody's having an awesome morning, noon, or night. Wherever you guys are in the world, you're certainly in the right place because uh, it's me, it's Pizza Mind, and we are joined today by an amazing guest from BitPay. Uh, Bill Zelke is joining us, who's been heading revenue and, and all sorts of different uh, operations over at BitPay. Um, Bill, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks, Bryce. I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you guys having BitPay on. Yeah, no, we, me and Pizza Mind were just catching up before the show and we're like, man, we've heard about Bit, BitPay since literally day one of getting into crypto. You know, for me back in uh, early 2016, you know, you guys have been around for a long time, what we call the OGs, the original gangsters of, uh, of Bitcoin. And, and, you know, you guys have been running a, a payment processing network and among many other business units um, with, with very little drama. Um, so, you know, it's pretty rare for a crypto company to, you know, just kind of stay heads down, focus on their core competency and not get wrapped up in all the craziness. So we're going to dive into a, to a lot about, you know, you and how you guys have been running the business. Um, but yeah, definitely wanted to make sure we gave you that accolade there because, you know, as people know, you know, crypto companies, sometimes they come and they go very quickly, but you guys have been around for a long time. So I think it's important for users to have that context. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, especially in this day and age, it seems like uh, <laughs> in the last three or four months, there's been a lot of uh, a lot more crypto companies that have uh, gone by the wayside, especially with uh, with the changes. Yeah, there's been uh, what I'll refer to as a lot of hanky panky um, <laughs> with, with you know BlockFi and Celsius and Voyager. I mean, some of these companies just you know having their their day in the sun, flying too close to the sun, and, and going out in a burst of flames. So um, we actually want to know, you know, not yet, but we're going to get into it. How you guys have maintained such a level business um, and what you guys focus on. But let's first get acquainted with you. Um, you know. Tell us a little bit about your experience. I mean, 25 years in, in the fintech industry. Um, tell us about your background. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Yeah, I actually started my career in, in financial services, mostly on the payment side of the business. Uh, I started my, my career at a company called CheckFree, which is now part of Fiserv. They let mm -hmm. you pay your bills online. So if you use your bank to pay your bills or uh, if you were doing it through one of the direct programs like Quicken or others, um, it was really the first digitized payments that were going out. And their mission was real simple. Uh, use the digital currencies that were out there. Uh, use a paperless environment uh, to be able to allow your, your customers to, to pay uh, bills. I actually parlayed that um, opportunity, which we sold the company to Fiserv in, in uh, the uh, late uh, uh, 90s and early 2000s and joined a payment alternative startup. Uh, so some of the changes we're seeing in crypto are not unfamiliar. Having spent a bunch of time in different startup worlds, I joined a company called Bill Me Later. Uh, that in October of 2008, we sold to PayPal. Um, and Bill Me Later was really a payment alternative, may, much like Bitcoin is becoming an, a, an alternative in the financial services or the payment space. Um, and through that whole experience, what I learned is, you know, consumers have needs and those needs need to be uniquely solved. Um, and great creative, creativity and, and innovation and payments can, can do just that. It can solve for some of those challenges. And we did that with uh, the first buy now, pay later solution in the industry, um, that's now part of PayPal service uh, units uh, called PayPal Credit. Um, since then, I've done a, a variety of different things in the startup space, mostly trying to solve for a lot of the issues that exist around the financial services uh, side, uh, high fraud, high cost, uh, payment complexity. Um, and it's how I found BitPay uh, because BitPay has uh, uniquely using blockchain solve for a lot of those challenges. And it, it's really what attracted me to the founders, Stephen and Tony, uh, Stephen Pear and Tony Gallippi. Uh, who created this vision for how can we use blockchain? Uh, and so that's a little bit about my, my background. So some of the challenges we're seeing that uh, you guys um, are, 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 I think, uh, pointing out around 
uh, companies uh, either going away or, or companies trying to innovate. Um, that's what happens, I think, in, in, a, in disruptive periods where um, there needs to be new solutions for old problems uh, and they need to be delivered in a way that really adds value. Uh, and that's really what I think we're trying to do with the company. As someone who's got a lot of experience in doing things the right way, you've got your secret sauce nailed down. But do you see some of the chefs over here, you know, pun intended, in crypto um, that are not doing so well? Is this just a byproduct of the startup culture where you're trying to find product market fit? You're trying to create a solution to an old problem that wouldn't still be an old problem if a solution was easy? Um, or do you think it's just, you know, some bright-eyed kids out of college that don't know what they're getting into. Why are startups in crypto, I guess, so susceptible to failure? Or is it just a startup culture in general across any uh, you know, niche that goes through this kind of stuff? Maybe is well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is crypto not special in their failure rate? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily special. I think anytime you have a, a, a massive marketplace and a massive opportunity, uh, which really blockchain and, and Bitcoin in particular is trying to serve, you have a lot of companies trying to figure out how to orient themselves around the market and build product market fit. I think that's definitely part of it. Um, I think what's what's also part of it that, she, that is unique to maybe uh, blockchain and Bitcoin is in our world right now, we have very few regulatory infrastructures that are black and white that exist at a global level. Um, remember, blockchain is global, right? Payments in the US can be p different than payments in Europe. And without a global standard, I think companies have to orient and try to make some some educated guesses on which paths are going to to, to uh, take. Um, and our, our path has been a real simple one. Uh, we want to comply in the markets we serve. Uh, and that's really been our, our mindset. And I would say that's a different mindset than I think others have taken. And I think it's that, um, you know, that uh, decision that really determines uh, how far and how long uh, and how much value they can ultimately add. So I think we've seen a lot of regulatory pressures in particular here that have affected companies, uh, either because they weren't in compliance or uh, they were trying to work towards it and just discovered that it was really expensive and really hard. Um, and, you know, with our more than 10 years of experience trying to do this, we've had time to try and figure those things out. Uh, and we've also decided early on that we're going to play ball uh, by, uh, by, by making sure that we're following all the regulations that exist out there. We have one of the coveted bit licenses out of New York. We have uh, 21 MTLs across the United States and, and we're FinCEN. Uh, regulated entity. And so those are the kinds of things in mindset. Uh, just to pay that off, maybe with some numbers, uh, about a third of our workforce is compliance and, and regulatory oversight. Um, wow. That's a huge investment uh, that we make. Um, as you imagine, a technology company development is probably the other big um, swath of, of, of resources that we put forth. But we take it serious. And I think that is a differentiator for us. And it also is, is perhaps um, where some of the other companies that are out there that haven't quite uh, gotten as far as we have have struggled yeah no it, it also goes to show you know what stage of the market we're in where you know companies are, are just trying to you know figure out all the the compliance issues and you know there's the um you know the new regulations that are coming down with the digital asset market structure bill and there's just conversation after conversation in congress and with all these you know you know um you know regulators and, and legislators that are trying to figure out like how do we not snuff out innovation? Because those are really high barriers to entry. Mm -hmm. um, so, so those are you know things that are un unfolding. But I want to kind of get to a, a little bit of the core of of what crypto is, um, because you know some people think, well, man, this is just a speculative vehicle. There's just kids on the internet 
buying and trading Dogecoin and, and there's no inherent value. And, you know, I've heard everything thrown at crypto. But but from your standpoint, Bill, I mean, what what is crypto and why is it, you know, a unique solution um, to, to payments and um, networking? Yeah, you bet. You bet. Um, first of all, I, I think it's unique because it solves for a lot of the challenges that, frankly, in working in the payment industry, uh, haven't been solved in in many, many years. And I'll come back to that maybe in just a moment. But mm-hmm. um, I think, in, in, at least for us, you know, we're founded as the world's oldest and largest cryptocurrency payment processor. Uh, and so we believe crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Doge, SHIB, and, and all the other ones that we support can be a viable payment alternative that users will choose. Um, and some are better than others, right? Uh, you know, the way Bitcoin behaves is inherently different than the way some of the other cryptos that we've talked about um, do behave. And so, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we believe that it can be used as a payment method. It can be used to buy goods and services online. We have a network of more than 10,000 merchants, brands as large as AT&T and Microsoft and Gucci and uh, Ralph Lauren here most recently, uh, as well as, you know, some mom and pop shops that want to uh, to still be able to accept a digital currency uh, that's global in nature. Um, and in doing so, uh, they are able to to process, uh, you know, quickly and easily, securely and at low cost. Uh, and we think that's an important value prop and a tenant. And we want to be able to enable our customers uh, to support it. So, you know, one of the ways and one of the uh, reasons that the company was founded was to give businesses the opportunity to accept it as a form of payment. Uh, and that, again, that just goes right hand in hand with why we believe crypto, um, you know, can be used as a payment form. Yeah, I think being here in the U.S., uh, we're really lucky to have a lot of payment rails that just work. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to buy flowers for a friend's birthday who lives in Brazil. And I went on the website, punched everything in. And not only do I need like all these like specific codes that are native to Brazilians only, and I had to like call them up and like borrow someone's, then they rejected my visa payment. They called me up and said, hey, you know, we... It passed like through the machine, but then our insurance company declined it. I said, okay, we'll try the MasterCard. Okay, well, the same thing happened. They said, we can only accept like this one app that's native to Brazil called Pix. So like, my Visa and my MasterCard don't work, which hmm. is so silly. I said, okay, well, how do I buy flowers? Like I'm not trying to buy a house or a car <laughs> or something expensive. It's like $30 yeah. with flowers. Yeah. What's with all the hassle here? Like, do you guys take crypto? And they're like, no, we don't. And I'm like, oh my God. So how can I tell this flower shop to, you know, get with the times? Like, what do I need to do to, like, what service should I tell them over at BitPay is going to solve their problem? Yeah, no, we have a, uh, we have an acceptance product um, that uh, merchants exactly the way you described can use. And, and we have a lot of merchants that are United States based that are in the e-commerce space predominantly uh, that do support uh, BitPay as a payment option. Um, and, you know, essentially what they need to do is, is, is use our payment service and integrate it into their website. Uh, they do it just like they would, you know, a PayPal integration or an Amazon Pay integration uh, or any of the buy now, pay later capabilities. Um, and in doing so, they can take in crypto. So in your case, maybe they could take in Bitcoin. Um, and what we do is we stand in uh, for that merchant so they never have to touch or hold the crypto. Most merchants don't want to have a crypto wallet and they don't want the uh, volatility exposure that's associated with holding crypto. And that's fine. That's why part part of uh, uh, the reason that our company exists, uh, so that we can stand in, take in that crypto for the merchant, and then we'll give them whatever fiat currency they want, whether that's dollars or euros, depending on whether 
uh, located. And your example would be U.S. We deposit dollars right into their bank account, just like um, if you had used a credit card successfully, um, you know, on their website. And so to their back end operations, uh, we look like just any other payment alternative. Uh, but on the front end, they're now offering a new payment op- alternative that gives the consumers choice. Uh, but there's an important distinction I want to make um, because, you know, having again, having been around the payment space for a long time, uh, accepting crypto does solve for the exact problem that you were talking about. If you're trying to do this on a global level, um, to your to observation, credit card doesn't always work. Debit card, in some cases, may not work because there's local payment currencies that have to be supported. Right. Crypto can solve for that. Um, Bitcoin is a global currency. Uh, Bit, uh, Ethereum is a global currency um, in, in that definition. And I know there's a lot of banter and debate right now. Is, is it a store of value? Is it a currency? Uh, but it can be used uh, to transact and it can be used efficiently cross-border, uh, which saves you time. It saves you money. Uh, it speeds up the process because Bitcoin's 24-7. You don't have to wait for a bank to open. You don't have to wait for a wire transfer to process. Uh, and it, as a result, can be very efficient. Um in this example and that you've given, one of our most popular use cases is cross-border, uh, to be able to make cross-border payments, whether that's a vendor uh, trying to get paid uh, or whether it's an accounting firm uh, who's offering services to a global uh, customer. We can enable them to bill uh, and get paid in crypto. And again, we stand in and take the risk uh, and manage the deposit on the other end uh, so that it, that it happens. And again, it happens 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, it also happen, happens inexpensively. Um, the payment networks, yes, they're large and yes, they work, uh, but they're very expensive. Uh, and blockchain has the propensity uh, to drive those costs down uh, dramatically. And we're, uh, we're seeing that, we're offering that to our merchants, those savings. Uh, but it does something else too, which is it eliminates fraud uh, because mm. blockchain is a push payment, not a pull payment. A credit card is a pull payment. Because it's a push payment, it's irreversible. And so merchants escape, businesses escape uh, the fraud risk. Uh, and the returns associated with fraud risks. And as a result, uh, their savings at, at least 1% of their total sales, because that's essentially what they lose every year to credit card fraud is about 1% of their sales. Uh, and by, by taking Bitcoin and by taking other cryptos, they can escape that, uh, that fraud. And while it's a, a low share of checkout today, uh, it's growing. We have merchants that are doing four, five, 6% of their total sales uh, in crypto payments. And we think that's the future. Yeah. So for everybody who's, who's at home listening, I encourage you guys to pause now and just re-listen to the last five minutes of Bill going off because he just basically <laughs> answered every question that we had written down, uh, to a T. I mean, that, that, that's a perfect discussion in pizza mind, you know, great way to tee him off with, with just a very simple, you know, example of like, you know, you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We take it for granted here in the States that, you know, if you want something sent to a different state or, you know, you want to pay for something, you know, you pretty much don't ever get stonewalled. It's pretty easy. And if you do, there's there's lots of uh, different you know ways to remediate that. Um, but, you know, we're a small percentage of the world. Like, you know, global payments is for the globe, right? The global citizenry. And there's, there's more than just us. And I think that's really something that folks in the States, you know, to our um, to our fault, you know, you forget a lot of the times that, you know, a large uh, percentage of the world is literally unbanked, right? They don't have bank accounts. They don't have certificates and documentation to open up, uh, you know, lines of credit with their financial institutions. And so, um, you know, somebody, you know, I was talking to the other day was like, you know, I, you know, again, I don't get the point of crypto. I don't get the point of Bitcoin. Well, it's like, well, it, it might not be for you. I don't know what to say. Do you have a bank account that works every day? Do you have a credit card that transactions go through every day? Do you got a mortgage? You got, yeah, I got all that stuff. Your business runs fine. Yeah. Crypto might not be for you, but remember, you're not the whole world. Um, and so I love what BitPay's mission is and, and what you guys are doing. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's good to, you know, hear uh, the context of, you know, you guys aren't just in the States. You guys are focused on expanding internationally. Um, I guess my question to you, um, on that is outside of the states, um, you know, what jurisdictions are most friendly to crypto? Because, you know, obviously the states are, are very, um, you know, sticky right now. And, and it's it's kind of hard to muck your way through. And like you said, a third of your business expenses go to just trying to figure it all out and stay compliant. Like what jurisdictions are you guys looking at um, expanding into finding a lot of uptake in? Yeah, you, you bet. I'm, I'm going to answer uh, that one maybe backwards in that. For sure. Uh, we tend to follow uh, the areas that are um, high in crypto penetration. So where there's consumers that have wallets and those wallets are full of crypto, uh, those are great opportunities for us because we're helping customers be able to use that uh, that crypto as a form of payment uh, to be able to spend it. Uh, and so, you know, the higher areas are certainly in Latin America, uh, Argentina, for one. We have a, a development office there, um, Australia. Um and in parts of uh, parts of parts of Asia uh, are are seeing higher crypto uh, holdings and, and crypto penetration. So those are areas. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about UK and, and EU. Um, our, that's our second largest area by transaction and by volume, uh, only second to the United States. So you know, first and foremost, we're serving the U.S. That's where we're uh, we were founded, and that's that's certainly where our, the the lion's share of our resources are located. Uh, but then the the UK and, and EU. Um, what's interesting about uh, your question is each of those jurisdictions have, has a different way uh, and a different uh, means for companies like BitPay to be able to operate. We have to get the right licensure. We have to follow the right um, KYC requirements and AML monitoring requirements and other things that are, uh, are common to a payment processor uh, for oversight and for, for operations. Uh, and because they're all different, that makes it hard. And that makes it hard for us to just rush out and, and support um, you know, any country we want. Today, we support uh, payments in 230 countries uh, and we're operating in terms of our B2B uh, sales engine um, and mostly the, the ones that I've mentioned in terms of- I didn't of even know there were 230 countries. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's I think because this is a global uh, technology uh, and because it's still early, right? It's still early in the infancy. 
uh, even though there's been a lot of change here in the last few years, um, you know, this this will take some time and eventually we'll support all of the jurisdictions that uh, really have the demand because that's really what we're following here. What do you think the future of crypto payments looks like? Is it going to be peer to peer? Is it going to be over a centralized app like BitPay? How do you envision the future of this technology or will it only be but one currency? Yep. Are we all going to use USDC across the world? Will it be Bitcoin? <laughs> Where do you see the trends going? Yeah, yeah. Um First of all, I, I do think that uh, digital assets, cryptocurrencies will have a, a, a meaningful role in the, uh, the foundation of commerce, e-commerce uh, and transacting um, only because of some of the unique things that we've talked about. It's low cost. Uh, it's it, uh, fraud free as it relates to fraud chargebacks um, and it's global. Right. And I think that those those elements um, really give it a, a lot of uh, possibility and a lot of capability as to which coin's going to win out, we're not sure. Um, and, and, and quite frankly, our business model is set up to where we're going to support choice in what coins customers want to pay with. Today, we support 15 uh, plus a number of stable coins. Um, Can you name off a couple of those coins that you guys support just for the audience? You bet. You bet. Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Doge, SHIB, um, five U.S. Uh, stable coins, USDC being the most significant in our network. Uh, but other ones like DAI and BUSD. Um, and so the, the, the way to think about our support of coins is, is if a consumer wants to use it uh, and it's prevalent, meaning it's available on exchanges, generally we'll support it. Uh, we've just uh, in the last 12 months, we've announced support for uh, Polygon. Uh, we've obviously supported a number of other networks, just given the coins that I, 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 uh, I've, I've rattled off there. But what's unique about what um, that model that BitPay has is is that it isn't centralized. We're processing on the blockchains for each of those uh, networks. Uh, and as a result, we're not a centralized entity. Um, if a merchant elects to accept BitPay and you want to show up with your Coinbase wallet or you want to show up your MetaMask wallet or your uh, Gemini wallet, whatever that might be, then we're going to enable uh, you, know, you to be able to transact. Uh, and so you don't just have to have a BitPay wallet. We have one. It's a self-custody wallet. We, we happen to think it's great. It's open source and has a lot of capabilities. But if you have your crypto stored in another location, whether it's custody or self-custody, it'll work with our payment service. Uh, and that's just really the way we've architected. So we'll take the coins from the wallet as you make a payment. Uh, we'll take those in and assume the risk associated with that. We'll settle with the merchant the next business day. Uh, and you're off with your your purchased goods or services. And that's really that, that at a high level, the way our our model works. It's free to the consumer. They certainly have to pay the, the network fees that are associated with the transaction. Uh, and uh, the merchant is paying the cost to, uh, to process the cryptocurrency based payment, uh, which can range anywhere from one to two percent, depending on the size of the merchant and how many transactions they process. Yeah, no, I think it's important definitely at this point to, like you mentioned, understand kind of the architecture of BitPay. Um, it's very different from a centralized exchange. Um, you guys aren't custodying assets of users and you know facilitating. Whoops, almost just spilled my water all over my computer. Um, <laughs> but facilitating like um, you know exchanges of crypto, right? Um, so there's in a sense, um, you know, you guys you know aren't ever going to go down, and a bunch of customers are going to lose their assets like we'd seen um, you know in, in, in 2022. Um, so I think that's super important for people to you know, understand because a lot of people have lost trust for crypto exchanges, but that's not what you guys are. That's um, right. That's exactly so. right. Yeah, we're, we're a payment processor, not an exchange. Um, and the wallet that we do have as part of the BitPay uh, set of products, 
uh, is self-custody. So you're in control of your keys. We don't have your keys. Uh, you download an open source wallet from uh, one of the stores uh, and you set up your wallet, including uh, creating your private keys and you maintain those uh, and BitPay doesn't have access to. And that's a different mm -hmm. approach than I think a lot of the custody wallets that exist uh, typically on an exchange um, or, uh, you know, or at an exchange. Um, and that's uh, that's primary business is really selling crypto uh, to mm -hmm. the user. Love it. I guess one of my questions uh, in a, kind of a follow up there is uh, kind of about your guys's uh, partnerships and just how you guys pitch. Right. Because a lot of people, like I said, are losing trust in crypto and they're skeptical of it. You know, how do you guys build out these relationships? What does that pitch room maybe look like? And kind of a, a follow on to that is, you know, what are the what are the big questions these companies have and, and what are the barriers to adoption? Yeah. The most common question we hear from businesses uh, is is around their misconception that they have to touch or hold the crypto. Um, most of them, particularly the CFO or the payment folks, uh, don't want that volatility. They don't want the risk associated with having to maintain a wallet uh, or um, they just don't want to be able to, to have the company in a position where they have to account for the differences because um, the way that Bitcoin's managed today, at least in the United States, is everyone, every change, if you will, that or every coin that they're taking in, they have to track their basis in. So there's an accounting challenge that's associated with that. Uh, and that's why our business model is architected the way it is, so that we stand in. They never have to touch or hold the crypto. Essentially, the crypto is going from the user's wallet into a wallet that BitPay maintains on behalf of us, not on behalf of the merchant. Uh, and so uh, we take that risk. We take that volatility we deal with the accounting complexities uh, and then we just deposit uh, dollars the next business day. So that, that's kind of, you know, just part of how our business model works. And that's ob uh, an obvious question that a lot of merchants ask. Uh, they also, um, you know, need uh, insight and guidance on how we as a company uh, manage regulatory requirements. Um, and, you know, especially right now with uh, so much um, focus on regulatory compliance, which we happen to believe is great. Because at some point, there will be a standard, hopefully a global standard, that everyone can follow. We've been following the rules since day one of the company. But as it relates to things like KYC, as soon as they were available, we were supporting them. Uh, and we've been uh, supporting them you know, for qu quite a long time. And so uh, same is true for a lot of the transaction monitoring and the infrastructure that's required. Uh, and so they're asking about, you know, how do you guys comply? What is it that um, uh, you guys have done from a licensure standpoint? Uh, and the way that we're licensed as a money transmitter, as a payment processor, is different than other companies are required to be uh, registered if they're an exchange or, or something else. So that's often a question, and that'll bring about a lot of the compliance folks from, from a business. For all of our listeners out there, I want you to ask yourself a question. And that question is, how much of your money is digitally enabled right now? There is a time and place in the U.S. where we're all watching TV. We all have the same channels. Uh, some of us had cables, some of us had satellite, but most of us were on the same, you know, ABC, CBS, NBC, blah, blah, blah. And then it came out, uh, we're going to do away with the analog stations. You need a digital converter or you need cable or satellite. And suddenly everything on TV became digital just about overnight. And as people got this digital experience, they went, why would I want to go back to these old signals in, you know, 480p resolution? Tune in uh, the, kind the of rabbit crummy. ears, right? Pick yeah, tune in the rabbit ears, exactly. <laughs> even having rabbit ears. And then now, like, we don't even watch TV 
like on cable or satellite. We have Netflix or HBO or some of us are only just watching YouTube. Oh, internet based. Uh, yeah, it's all internet based, and that's the direction money is going as well. Bingo. Whether we like it or not, uh, and whether we agree with certain channels and struggles for control or not, like no one wants a CDBC, of course. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't use decentralized digital money. How long do you think it's going to take before we have an all digital financial world, Bill? Yeah, it's a just good. from where you're seeing the trend going. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, to me, a couple of leading indicators. One, um, some big brands are throwing their hat in the ring. I mentioned a few of them already. Um, and, you know, I think that's uh, their recognition that there is a disruptive technology that has long term potential. Right. I, I've, I've had the pleasure of seeing this over my career in the payment side as things moved into bill pay or things moved into a payment alternative like a PayPal uh, or uh, a buy now, pay later types of solution. And they take somewhere between five and 10 years to, to get full market penetration. Uh, we saw that with buy now, pay later. Uh, the company I joined was 2004. And by 2018, we had, you know, eight or 10 or 12 competitors, um, you know, in that type of model. So I, I do think it takes some time uh, because remember, these businesses have to integrate. The consumers have to uptake wallets. They have to have assets that grow. Um, and when they do, uh, users that are holding them want to spend. Um, and we see that in our network. Uh, most would think, well, wow, with crypto being down, a company like BitPay's payment processing must be down. And on a volume basis, you'd be correct but not on a transaction basis. Hmm. Transaction basis year over year, we're actually up, meaning more consumers today are transacting than more consumers did a year ago. Wow! Uh, and so we think that that's a trend that is here to stay. Uh, and we think, yes, it will take some time, but I think the, the leading indicators are gonna be the merchants that are getting on board, uh, continued growth in the number of wallets that are being taken out, uh, continued growth in the market cap. Uh, you know, the depression we're seeing right now in Bitcoin and some of the other cryptos, uh, we think uh, will return. We believe will return. We've seen it before in, in, in most cases uh, in the last two to three cycles. So it, this will take time to kind of work out. Um, certainly the, the global economy and what's happening in the U.S. economy with inflation uh, has had a, a, an important factor uh, in kind of where we are today. But uh, all, all, all of those things, too, will pass uh, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of be back on the, the right track, I think, in moving uh, things full speed ahead. Um, there's one other leading indicator, and that's how much value the actual merchant gets uh, from the cryptocurrency that comes in. Uh, in the payment world, they call that share of checkout. What percentage is this payment type represent? Mm -hmm. um, and we're seeing that grow as well. We've seen merchants that might have started uh, with just a half of 1% now be 2 or 3 or 4%. And while that's only true and present in certain industries, uh, it is happening. Uh, and those are the leading indicators that I think that this, uh, this trend is here to stay. Yeah, I love that. Um, I was actually going to ask exactly what you answered uh, in terms of you know what what are the the flows look like. Um, so it sounds like transactions are up, like the the count of transactions. People are still spending just as much, if not more, but just because you know the assets are now marked down sixty to ninety percent, the actual dollar volume is is a little lower. Did did I understand that correctly? You, you yeah you get you hit the nail right on the head. And you know what's what's interesting is uh, you know cryptocurrency payments. Uh, right now are following a very uh, set of specific industries. You know, gaming has always been popular. Mm -hmm. uh, and those are typically lower ticket transactions. Uh, but what we've seen here in the last 90 to 120 days, maybe a little bit longer, is the purchase of luxury goods is up. And typically, wow. luxury goods are higher ticket. Um, cars, boats, uh, automobiles, uh, jewelry, watches, uh, merchants that have adopted in each of these categories have given great opportunities or choice to consumers 
and consumers are, are standing in and using their crypto, particularly Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, some Litecoin uh, to be able to make purchases. And we're seeing that uh, we're seeing that take off quite a bit. Love it. Um, kind of, you know, wrapping things up in closing, I'm, I'm curious just, you know, your projections for for the future of crypto payments. Um, and I, I want to harken back to what you said about this being a push transaction and not a pull transaction like credit. But a lot of people find credit very, you know, people like spending OPM, other people's money, right? And so is uh, BitPay going to have a credit facility? Will there be an evolution uh, to this model? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're constantly looking at ways that we can innovate. Uh, just in the last uh, 18 months, we've given consumers or given businesses the way to disperse crypto as a form of payment. So they're sending as opposed to receiving as a form of payment. Uh, that's helpful for a payroll. That's helpful for uh, payouts that might be doing for advertising or marketing or paying contractors. Uh, and so that's an innovation area. Um, uh, we've yet to set up a product in motion where folks could essentially use the holdings that they have as a form of credit and to be able to make purchases, that's certainly something that, that uh, is on our consideration point uh, for the future. It's a creative idea, and we know that there's a, there's a market for it, just given what's happened uh, in DeFi. Uh, and so uh, that's something we're, we're keeping an eye on. Uh, I, I would say that to, to me, in, in what's what the future kind of lies ahead uh, is really just more merchants that are uh, adopting and more consumers that are paying. We're trying to, to today really focus on getting the folks that hold crypto uh, into an ecosystem where they have the opportunity to spend it and can do so safely and securely and privately, uh, and uh, you know that's a that's a long journey. That's that's a hard uh, challenge to solve. It's a hard equation to solve for, uh, but it's one that we're up for the challenge on because we've 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 had success with it in the past. But I think the metrics for success will be more merchants coming in, more transactions continuing to occur, so our transaction counts go up, uh, and then as we talked about early on, some some sanity I think in some of the regulatory structures and oversight and having parity with those across the globe. I was just thinking back to one of your earlier answers where you just mentioned it's just a simple website integration to be able to accept BitPay. And I just realized there's probably billions of people in the world that couldn't integrate a photo into a website because they're just <laughs> not technical. Is there a simple box people can buy and just connect to their website or not their website, but just to their Wi-Fi yeah. and be able to accept BitPayments? Um, you know, we've, we've made it easy by integrating ourselves into a lot of the major platforms that power the websites, whether that's uh, a Wix or a WooCommerce or a BigCommerce or a Shopify or a Magento. Uh, those are the ones I just rattled off are all uh, enabled today uh, to be able to support BitPay. So to the extent that a business is using one of those platforms uh, for their web services, it's really just uh, activating a module uh, within many of those platforms to build, begin to uh, turn on crypto acceptance. Uh, we also have our own API. I know that doesn't give you the kind of the black box right off the uh, the mm -hmm. gate. Um, but that said, we're working hard on point of sale integrations as well for a lot of the mom and pops that that need those types of solutions. We've uh, in the last 18 months integrated with Verifone, which is one of the largest terminal suppliers for point of sale. Uh, we have our own uh, point of sale environment where uh, businesses can very easily get up and running. So that, that does make it easy. It's not quite as uh, you know simple as uh, a, a black box, but it's certainly uh, moving towards it. Love it. Uh, Will Zanke, man, this has been incredible. We appreciate your time. I got one last question for you. Um, as we've dived deep into BitPay, I want one other shout out to a different company. You know, nobody you guys are affiliated with, just somebody who you're looking at and you're like, those guys are doing it right. They've got a good business and uh, they're helping, you know, bring, you know, a shared vision of the future. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, to me, I'd, I'd point to, especially kind of given what's happening in the industry, you know, chain analysis or an on who, who are doing, okay. I think, uh, the lion's share of the work on the back end to help companies be more compliant, to do the transaction monitoring and, and oversight that's necessary uh, to give regulators comfort and confidence and to give users uh, comfort and confidence. And so maybe a shout out to those guys. Uh, um, their tools and, and services are, are, are pretty powerful. And I'm sure a lot of companies like us are using them in the industry. Incredible. Uh, man, there's still so much ground to cover. Um, so we hope we could have you back on again the show uh, sometime soon. Um, but until then, uh, thank you for, for coming on. And everybody at home, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, guys. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.